hello welcome to let's talk torah i i don't know if cat's watching or not but i pressed a button and now we've got this silly duck with a a goose a dollar bill sign on his head i don't know what happened there <laughs> i messed something up anyway welcome to let's talk torah today is the besserah portion so let me bring that up on the screen let me get it to the right place and I can share my screen. I wasn't quite ready. Boy, time just sneaks up on you, doesn't it? <laughs> All right, here it is. Let me add this. Okay, so here is our Bessara portion for the week. So, um, of course, we are on the Torah portion, Va'aktan. Uh, and we kind of went over that on Sunday. Shalom, Lee. Good to see you and James. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if you know what I pressed to get this uh, crazy duck, but <laughs> unfortunately, I pressed something wrong and I've got this ugly duck up here. But um, anyway, our Bessera portion is out of Luke 22, starting in 13. Okay, and so what we're looking is, you know, the themes that go along with the um, with the Torah portion. And so I hope that you can um, can see what I see in it with this theme. You know, the theme I think that hit me the hardest, and this is what I was sharing even yesterday on Mercy Poured Forth, is the fact that that Yah is jealous for us, you know, that he loves us. So, oh, thank you, James, whatever you did, that looks so much better. <laughs> I really appreciate it. <laughs> I love you guys. I don't know what I would do without all of y'all <laughs> to help me because I'm always pressing a wrong button or doing something that I shouldn't have done. I am not very good with the technology, but luckily we have a whole team of people here that are very good at it. And so, I'm certainly grateful. So what I was really concentrating on is how Yah is jealous for us. He's jealous for his people. Um, he's He's faithful to us. And, and tomorrow, when it's my turn again to do Mercy Poured Forth, I'm going to do that on um, Yah is our faithful L, the way that the Torah portion ends. But for today... Let's keep this in mind as we're reading um, what goes with this Torah portion. Okay, so in Luke 22, starting in 13, and they went and found as he had said unto them, and they made ready the Pesach. Okay, so this is the time period that we're at. His hour was coming, okay? And when the hour was come, he sat down and the 12 apostles with him. So he's like, he's been ministering with them, for, you know, this time period. And now he's got like the last minute instructions. This is why I always look at, you know, the fact that um, Yaakov and Moshe, the very last thing that they had to say was a blessing to all 12 tribes, right? And this was perpetual throughout all of history. It was the very last nugget of wisdom that they had. And, and, and Yaakov even said, this is so that you'll understand what's happening in the last days. 
right? So, I mean, it's amazing when we start looking at it, that these words were not just something written long ago. They are alive and active and part of our life today. And that the message is alive today and we're, and it's been given to us to understand. Okay. We're just so fortunate. If we have ears to hear, he is speaking. All right. So he said to them with desire, I have desired to eat this Pesach with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of Elohim. And he took the cup, took one cup, right? And he gave thanks and he said, take this and divide it among yourselves. I mean, I was thinking about that and thinking about the era that we live in now, right? And the way that we do things. I mean, everybody's got to make sure they've got their own. And we're so careful about like, you know, not giving each other our germs. And, you know, it, it just, it, I just could see it, them passing this one cup as I looked at it, right? Divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of Elohim shall come. And he took the bread and he gave thanks and broke it. And he gave it unto them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise, also the cup after supper saying, this cup is the renewed covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of him that betrays me is with me on the table. You know, there's betrayal is hard enough, right? But betrayal when someone you think that you've got a friendship with someone, when you think that there's relationship there and you find out that you're on very different paths, it's a very difficult thing. It's a very difficult thing to handle. You know, you always think that 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 the betrayal is somewhere out there. It's the enemy. It's not it's not at the table with you, you know, so that it's a shocking thing to me that that, you know, Judas, who was there right next to him, saw the miracle, saw the fire of love in his eyes of the Mashiach, you know, that he would be willing to be at the table with him and yet plotting to betray him. And truly picking up in Luke 22, 22, and truly the son of Adam goes as it was determined, right? As it was determined, but woe unto that man by whom he is betrayed. He was like, I always knew that I came to give my life, right? But betrayal, <laughs> Better to have not been born than to have chosen this path that you've chosen. Okay. Luke 22, 23. And they began to inquire among themselves, which of them it was that should do this thing. You know, I think there's always like a guilt consciousness in people, you know, always wondering, have I done something wrong? I'm trying to do it right. But have I done? Because we live in a sin nature. We have that sin nature and we strive with it every day. And so I can see this breaking out at the table while they were sitting right there, right? Wondering what, well, is it you? Is it you? Is it me? Is it, you know, have I done something? And so they begin to strive and inquire among themselves, right? And then there was also a strife among them, which of them should be accounted the greatest. 
They go from this conversation. See, this is the humanity. This is what the body looks like. And it's what it looks like now, too. One's plotting betrayal. You know, another one, they're wondering, is it me? Is it me? Am I guilty? Am I righteous? Well, which one of us is truly better than everybody else? And which one of us really should be the top dog? And which one of us... I mean, it's humanity, right? It's humanity on display. This is what the body looks like. And, and it's crazy half the time. <laughs> that's, that's just who we are as people. All right. So, and he said unto them, so now Yahushua's like, listen, I'm going to straighten you out. The kings of the other nations exercise lordship over them. And they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. It's just like, you know, what you hear if you're looking into a tyrannical government, you know, you're granted, you don't have rights like we set up our constitution and our bill of rights. Instead, once a tyrannical government sets itself up, well, then you're giving privileges, which can be given or taken away, dependent upon the despot that happens to um, occupy the, the throne of the nation at that point in time, right? Of whatever nation it is. Okay, that's how that looks like. It's a world system. And so what he's saying to them is, listen, what you're describing is a world system. This is not how my kingdom works. This is not what I want for you. It is not what what I is. It's not my best. I have my best to give to you. And here's what it should look like. Right. Because it says, and he said unto them, the kings of the other nations exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. But ye shall not be so, but he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he that is chief as he that serves. For whether is greater he that sits to eat or he that serves, is not he that sits to eat? But I am among you as he that serves. He had just put this on display. He had just washed their feet before they sat down for this Pesach meal. He was trying to tell them, look, I'm, I'm going to serve you with every drop of blood in my body. You know, Shalom, Sherry, good to have you here with us today. It's good to have everybody here. I appreciate y'all being here. All right. So. For whether is greater he that sits to eat or he that serves is not he that sits to eat, but I am among you as he that serves. Ye are they which have continued with me in my temptations. He's like, you know, I wasn't absent from temptations of the flesh. I, I came fully flesh and I was tempted like every other man yet without sin. Right. And you saw it happen. He's talking to his disciples. You saw it happen. And I appoint unto you a kingdom as my father has appointed unto me, that ye may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on the thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Yasharel. And Adonai said, Shimon, Shimon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. This is exactly what happens to us, right? You know, our thoughts get off and Hasatan is always looking for an opening. He he does have a desire to sift us, 
you know, and, and make us of no account and take away every bit of momentum that we had going forward into the kingdom. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you are turned back, strengthen your brethren. And he said unto him, Adonai, I am ready to go with you both into prison and into death and to death. And he said, I tell you, Kepha, the cock shall not crow this day before that you shall thrice deny that you know me. The scriptures must be fulfilled. And Yahushua, I think this was a, a headline then. Yeah, this is a headline. Okay, so. I mean, this, this cock that crows, you know, it's always been funny to me. There were not chickens and roosters running around in the holy temple at Yerushalayim, right? This was not what was happening. There was a position called the cock and, and he would crow and he would crow, you know, like the hour and, and things. It was a, a man. It was a position. It was not... Uh, uh, the temple did not contain a chicken yard, a smelly chicken yard. Right? <laughs> that was not what was happening. All right. So in Luke 22, 35, and he said unto them, when I sent you without any purse and scrip and shoes, lacked you anything. And they said nothing. Because remember, he had said, you know, I want you to go out and I want you to minister. You're going to go two by two and you don't even need an extra garment. You don't need to take, you know, food with you. Don't take a sword. Don't take a, a, a cloak, a change of raiment. Just go out and minister. Now everything is about to change because persecution is about to come upon them. Right. He said, you lacked nothing, right? They said, uh, then said he unto them, but now he that has a purse, let him take it. And likewise his scrip. And he that has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one, right? I mean, your garment is your shelter when you're, you're seeking out. And he's saying a sword will be even more important than your shelter, right? You're going to need this. Um, very, very interesting here. For I say unto you that this that is written must yet be accomplished in me. And he was reckoned among the transgressors for the things concerning me have an end. And they said, Adonai, behold, there are two swords. And he said unto them, it is enough. Okay. So I'm going to remove this for a minute. I wanted to read something about this that really ties in with um, the whole the whole thing that I'm seeing in here, especially with Yah being a jealous L for us and trying to get us ready for the time period that we face. You know, I've been so grateful to have some of the lost books of the Bible restored unto us. And what I have to read is a little long, but I felt like it was extremely timely. I am in for Ezra chapter 15. And we're going to read through chapter 15 and 16. This has just really been on my heart lately. And, um, and there's a whole connection to his jealousy over us. And I'll point that out when we get there, but I'm sorry, I'm not able to put it up on the screen. I have not figured out yet how to get the um, Apocrypha onto my computer so that I can share that. I'm working on it. My friend Rivka has sent me a, a note. I've been trying to follow some instructions and figure out how to get it done, but I haven't quite figured it out yet. <laughs> Still trying to figure out my new phone. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, so for Ezra 15, behold, 
speak in the ears of my people the words of prophecy, which I will put in your mouth, says Yahweh, and cause them to be written in paper, for they are faithful and true. Fear not the imaginations against you. Let not the incredulity of them trouble you, right? All these things that are coming against us. And I believe that this was really restored to us in this in this day because we need to know what this has to say. All right. So fear not the imaginations against you. Let not the incredulity of them trouble you that speak against you. I mean, here's a good reason for the two swords, right? And having them. For all the unfaithful shall die in their unfaithfulness. Behold, says Yahweh, I will bring plagues upon the world. The sword, famine, death, and destruction. Let me tell you something too, just before I go into all of this, if you're at a place of unease right now, and you're just leading a good happy word this is not this is not it this is a tough word that i'm bringing and so it's okay i mean i'm all about maintaining our emotional health and if if just reading that besserer portion was enough and that's going to give you what you need today then don't listen to the rest of this because it's a hard word okay so i just kind of want to give that disclaimer it sometimes it's not easy to see the things that have been written here and 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 that's not a down play at all. I've been in emotional states where things have been going on in my life, where I've lost someone important or something major has been going on in my life, where I couldn't stand certain words at that point in my life because it was too much on my soul. So Yah knows where you are with your soul and, and recognize that. And if it's too much, it's okay. You know, turn into mercy poured forth because <laughs> there's always a good encouraging word, but this is a harder word. Okay. Okay. For all the unfaithful, I'm in uh, 4 Ezra 15, I'm in verse 4. For all the unfaithful shall die in their unfaithfulness. Behold, says Yahweh, I will bring plagues upon the world, the sword, famine, death, and destruction. For wickedness has exceedingly polluted the whole earth, and their hurtful works are fulfilled. You know, I was doing a little study this morning on... Um, I was just looking at some things that get released sometimes in media and the messages that those things bring. And I was watching this thing with Beyonce on the red horse. I know a lot of you guys saw that and this black halo thing. And I mean, it literally is a picture um, of her riding on the beast. Not long before that she did, there was a release of some kind of picture where she's all decked in gold and she has on these ball earrings that actually are a picture of the planet Saturn, which the um, evil absolutely just loves. And they worship this Saturn, which is where the whole thing of Saturnalia comes from. And, um, and they all go off in that direction, right? They're, they're fascinated with it. And, um, and uh, their hurtful works are, are, you know, going to be fulfilled. They're, they are trying to bring this on to uh, the nation. And, um, and Yah's here telling us that this is going to be happening at a certain time period, right? Therefore says Yahweh, I'm in verse seven, therefore says Yahweh, I will hold my tongue no more as teaching their wickedness which they profanely commit. 
Neither will I suffer them in those things in which they wickedly exercise themselves. Behold, the innocent and righteous blood cries unto me and the souls of the just complain continually. You know, as this thing, I've been um, somebody who engages in intercessory prayer for, for many, many years. And one of the main things that I end up praying for is um, children that are being abused uh, in Hollywood, in in child sex trafficking, and you know uh, how Disney is used in that, and how things are are sent towards our children, towards the innocent ones. It just, you know, when I pray for them, I can literally hear their cries sometimes. And um, you know, my prayer has been, Father, you can't not judge this because of this innocent blood. You have to do what you have to do. And as you're, as someone who loves you and honors you, help me to have a heart that's willing to understand that you are perfect in all your judgments, that you are perfect in the metting out of your justice. And whatever it costs in this world is what it costs. And help my heart not to waver at the cost that I see right? Because the innocent blood is crying out from the ground. And I don't know if you've, I mean, just picture that, listen for a second. I know you've all heard that sound of a cry of a baby. You know, the first thing we want to do is soothe it and make that cry stop because it's, it's hard to hear, right? It's hard to hear something very innocent suffering. Can you imagine what has Yah has had to endure as he's watched throughout the ages, this uh, Molech be exalted and his people turning to this and to sun worship and, and, and leaving him in order to worship this monster that just wants to destroy innocent life. You know, Yah has had to listen to this. He's, he's heard it. Nothing escapes him. And um, and I love him. And, um, and I get it. If he says enough is enough on his perfect timetable, because he knows when his perfect timetable, when the cup is full, he knows. And you're right, Sherry, that that's it exactly. You know, Sherry's saying evil and wickedness must be judged. There is an end to darkness. Absolutely, Sherry, there is. And, you know, he picked us to live in this time period. He has trusted us that we would have hearts that would not turn from him and that we would be able to see and recognize what was going on and realize that he's perfect in his justice, no matter the cost. All right. Um, therefore, I'm in verse seven, therefore says Yahweh, I will hold my tongue no more as touching their wickedness at which they profanely commit. Neither will I suffer them in those things in which they wickedly exercise themselves. Behold, the innocent and righteous blood cries unto me and the souls of the just complain continually. And therefore says Yahweh, I will surely avenge them and receive unto me all the innocent blood from among them. Behold, my people is led as a flock to the slaughter. I will not suffer them now to dwell in the land of Mitzrayim. He's like, I'm, I'm telling them, come out. I'm going to bring them out. 
You know, I'm not going to let them be deceived. I mean, he talks about that. Yahusha told us that that even the elect could be deceived, right? And so if that were possible, so Yah is acting for his people in a miraculous way. I truly believe we're going to see a huge distinction between light and darkness. And, and just like it was in Goshen, there was a difference between Yah's people and the people that, that were following after evil. And here in verse 11, but I will bring them with a mighty hand. That's that yod, right? It's the stretched out arm. You can see it in the pictograph. But I will bring them with a mighty hand and with a stretched out arm and smite Mitzrayim with plagues as before. So he's he's telling us he's going to do this again. There's a time period coming and it's going to be poured out in wrath right? I will do it and, and smite Mitraim with plagues as before and will destroy all the land thereof. Mitraim shall mourn and the foundation of it shall be smitten with the plague and punishment that Elohim shall bring upon it. They that till the ground shall mourn for their seed shall fail through the blasting and hail and with a fearful constellation. I mean, we can see things are, are changing in our world. I've been a gardener for a while now, and I can tell you this is the worst gardening season I have ever had, ever. I, I've never seen such a bad gardening season where I live. Things just, just drying up, dying on the vine, not just not thriving, right? Woe to the world and them that dwell therein, for the sword in their destruction draws nigh, and one people shall stand up and fight against another, and swords in their hands. It's just like what we're told in Matthew 24, you know, uh, nation against nation, actually genome against genome, right? <laughs> that we can see civil war setting up big time in uh, the nations of the world. There is civil unrest that is going out of control. And the more that the famine prevails, the more that that will prevail. This is going to increase. It is not going to decrease. Okay. For there shall be sedition among them, among men and invading one another. They shall not regard their kings nor their princes. They're going to get tired of their leaders and they're going to overthrow them. We see this happening right now. We see leaders resigning. We see leaders fleeing their countries. We, I mean, this is happening right now. It may not be happening in your neighborhood yet, but it's happening and it's coming to all the nations. All right. And the course of their actions shall stand in their power. I mean, I believe that this is happening because even a more wicked leadership is getting ready to be enacted. This thing has been carried out in degrees. And as you see, you know, leaders brought down, it's because another one that is even more hardened in heart and even more wicked is getting ready to be put in place so that they will... Uh, go along even more with this, this agenda of the new world order, right? 
a man see i was looking at thinking of doing a new show and i was like i was talking to my friend lee carruthers and i was telling her this is it james if the newspapers actually presented the truth this is exactly what i've been thinking if the newspapers actually presented the truth it would sound a lot like for ezra this is exactly what i was saying to lee yesterday on the phone and she told me that you had been reading this too we are totally on the same page with this because i was like you know i could do a news report right or I could just read for Ezra and pretty much cover any news that needs to be covered <laughs> because this is what's happening. We're living it. All right. So I'm in verse 17. A man shall desire to go into a city and shall not be able. Think about what like got set up at Chaz not long ago in 2020 when all that mess with George Floyd and, and all that happened in the city of Seattle, right? <laughs> I mean, it's happening. This is what's happening in our world. For because of their pride, and what is the the demonic thing of the day, if it's not the LGBTQ pride, you know? <laughs> For because of their pride, the cities shall be troubled, the houses shall be destroyed, and men shall be afraid. That's people, did you see, I mean, think about it. All of our leaders um, bowing down and taking a knee and doing the the whole pride, the Black Lives Matter symbol and, and all that stuff. This world, the leaders, the, the, the men that we thought were men that should have been leading have bowed like little girls in fear to this thing. Many of them, not all of them. We have some wonderful men left and I love to see good and godly men. I'm married to one, you know, and I certainly appreciate it when I see it. But men that should have been men in this hour have bowed like little girls to this thing because they're afraid, because they're ruled by the spirit of fear. Men's hearts failing them for fear of what is coming on the nations, right? For because of their pride, the city shall be troubled, the houses shall be destroyed, and men shall be afraid. A man shall have no pity upon his neighbor. Goodwill gone out the door. Think of all the people. Call and report your neighbor if they're not wearing a mask correctly, if they happen to be outside of their house. I mean, all that was already perpetrated, but get ready for the next round of this mess, okay? Steal your heart against it. It's coming. It's coming. Okay. A man shall have no pity upon his neighbor, but shall destroy their houses with the sword and spoil their goods because of the lack of bread and for great tribulation. This is what's being set up with the worldwide famine. They are literally destroying uh, uh, whole farms of animals, whole farms of food, um, destroying the fertilizer plants, dis destroying food distribution. It's in the news every day. It's also in 4 Ezra 15. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> All right. And this is what's coming. Behold, says Elohim, I will call together all the kings of the earth to reverence me, which are from the rising of the sun, from the south, from the east, and Lebanon, to turn themselves one against another and repay the things that they have done to them. Like as they do yet this day unto my chosen, so will I do also and recompense, recompense in their bosom. Thus says Yahweh Elohim. Look at this. They're doing this against Yah's people. Why do they attack Yah's people? Because they can't get to Yah and we're the next best thing, right? So they're going to come after us, but it is not going to escape his notice. 
All right. It doesn't mean every one of us are going to make it through this mess unscathed. You know, he, he allows some of us to have that martyr's death. Why? Because we're giving an incorruptible crown and get the privilege of coming back with him on white horses to rule and reign over the nations when he comes to set this stuff straight. Amazing, right? So, you know, don't don't fear that. It's actually a privilege. You know, I remember a story a long time ago that I heard a preacher tell. And this this woman, as she told this story, she said, you know, she was trying to examine what is real worship. And she said, here's a story that I heard. So she was relating this story. There was in World War II, out in the outskirts of like Poland, there was a farm that was housing Jewish people. And the owners of this farm, um, they were hiding the Jews from the Nazi persecution. And so the owners of this farm went into the um, city to try to get provisions and they came back and the Nazi army had come and they had routed out, they had left their daughter there, you know, and they had routed out the, the, the Nazis had routed out the people that were in hiding. They had slaughtered everyone and they had slaughtered this couple's daughter. So the woman arrives back at their farm, the, the man and wife, and they see what has happened and she falls to her knees and she says, thank you, God, you know, thank you, Yah, for allowing me to be the mother of a martyr. And the preacher who was telling the story said, this is a heart of worship to have such a view of your Elohim that you already know what this means. You know, was her heart broken at her daughter's death? Absolutely. She's human. We're human. But to have the bigger picture that that Yah has a bigger plan and there was a crown of righteousness placed upon her daughter for being able to die the martyr's death and 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 what that meant for her eternity she was able to see this and sometimes we're going to have to wrap our brains around this and have that eternal view of things as we are going forward so that our our hum, human brain and our human emotions can handle what it is that we're experiencing because Yah's going to need us that know these truths to be able to stand strong and, and be able to be a witness unto the fact that he is good and he is perfect and he is righteous and he is right in all his ways, no matter how difficult they may be to live through. All right. Back to 4 Ezra 15. I'm picking up in verse 21. Like as they do yet this day unto my chosen, so will I do also and recompense in their bosom. Thus says Yahweh Elohim, my right hand shall not spare the sinners and my sword shall not cease over them that shed innocent blood upon the earth. The fire has gone forth from his wrath and has consumed the foundations of the earth and the sinners like the straw that is kindled. Woe to them that sin and guard not my commandments, says Yahweh. I will not spare them. Go your way, ye children, from the power. Defile not my sanctuary. Who are we are his living tabernacle, right? Remember that. Defile it not. 
For Yahweh knows all them that sin against him, and therefore delivers he them unto death and destruction. For now are the plagues come upon the whole earth, and ye shall remain in them. He's saying this isn't going to stop. Once you see this start, it's just like he told us in Matthew 24. It's like pains coming upon a woman in childbirth. Any woman who's ever had a child knows once these are not Braxton Hicks. We're not in Braxton Hicks times in this world anymore. This is not a false start, right? We are fully in this thing and it will continue until the baby be delivered, until the time is finished. It will continue. And Sherry, I believe that too. I'm going to put her comment up here. You know, I want you guys to be able to see. I believe he will give us more strength when the time comes. I do too, Sherry. He is so faithful to us. He's going to give us what we need in the time that we need it. But I do think that like doing what we're doing and dwelling in the word and focusing, you know, I worked in the bank for a long time and this was a principle I learned in the bank. And, and what it was, was I was in the training department and we had to train the tellers of how to, we had to come up with programs of how to train the tellers of what, how to recognize counterfeits, right? When they would come across them. And so the training program that we had focused, had our tellers focus on the real, the real, the real. Now I know that's an oxymoron when I'm saying that concerning fiat money, because none of it's real, right? But, but this is what was considered real in our system, in our fake system. We would have them focus on that, right? So that they were so familiar with that, that when a counterfeit did come uh, upon their path, that they would be able to recognize it immediately. So this is what I think how our strength comes. If we are dwelling day in, day out in his word, focusing on what is true, then we're going to be more, have more ability to recognize when these falsities come upon the scene and be able to call it out sharply. Whereas if you're all caught up in what the world is doing and what's the latest album release and what uh, moronic uh, Hollywood star is doing what moronic thing on the red carpet today, or, or even getting caught up in, you know, the politics of it all and constantly being focused on that because y'all's going to end all that mess in a month, in a, in a moment's time, right? That stuff is going to end in a moment's time and it's all going to be irrelevant, right? If we're so focused on what the enemy is doing, then we're not focused on what y'all is trying to tell us. Okay. Let me get back to where I was. Okay, let me just reread 19. A man shall have no pity upon his neighbor, but shall destroy their houses with the sword and spoil their goods because of the lack of bread and for great tribulation. Behold, says Elohim, I will call together all the kings of the earth to reverence me, which are from the rising of the sun, from the south, from the east and Lebanon to turn themselves one against another and repay the things that they have done to them. Like as they do yet this day unto my chosen, so will I do also and recompense in their bosom, thus says Yahweh Elohim. And it's really interesting. You can even kind of see a little picture of it in, 
in um, ancient Rome, how they were constantly looking to to poison whoever was on the throne at that time. I mean, you had to constantly be watching your back. And that is the system that these, these evil leaders are operating in. They constantly have to be turning around and look at who's behind them. They can't trust anybody. They can't get a good night's sleep. They never know what's going to happen, you know, because someone's always looking to take them down and get in their place. Right. He says, um, my right hand shall not spare the sinners and my sword shall not cease over them that shed innocent blood upon the earth. The fire is gone forth from his wrath and has consumed the foundations of the earth and the sinners like straw um, that is kindled. Woe to them that sin and guard not my commandments, says Yahweh. I will not spare them. Go your way, ye children, from the power. Defile not my sanctuary. For Yahweh knows all them that sin against him, and therefore delivers he them unto death and destruction. For now are the plagues come upon the whole earth, and ye shall remain in them. For Yahweh shall not deliver you, because you have sinned against him. Behold, a horrible vision, and the appearance thereof from the east, where the nations of the dragons of Arav shall come out with many chariots and the multitude of them shall be carried as the wind upon the earth and all they which hear them may fear and tremble. Okay, so I believe this is a direct reference to the nation of China, right? Coming coming out. I mean, we've got these dragons, okay, which is a symbolic of that nation, okay? So we know that they're going to rise up in a military power and a military display. But y'all has a plan for them, too. In verse 30, also the Carminians. OK, so that is actually when you look into that, um, that would be Germany. OK, and so we're we're watching. So what came from Germany except that Nazi regime? And I believe that this is what we're looking at in the scripture. I, am I right? I don't, I don't know for sure. <laughs> this is my interpretation. You may have a different one. You may have more insight, a, a, you know, a different thing. That's okay. I'm just sharing with you what I see and you, you take it to prayer and, and see if it bears witness with you. So verse 30, also the Carminians raging in wrath shall go forth as the wild boars of the wood. You know, when you look at that area, that ancient area, um, when Rome was capturing that area, that was really, they, they worshiped this God called Tiwaz and, uh, you know, the boar, the pig was very symbolic in all of that. And so when you kind of look at the history, you can see these things coming forward throughout, throughout the world, throughout the time periods of the, of the nations. Right. So, also, the Carmenians raging in wrath shall go forth as the wild boars of the wood, and with great power shall they come and join battle uh, with them, and shall waste a portion of the land of Ashur, which is a Kurdish area in today's um, in today's map. All right, and then shall the dragons have the upper hand, remembering their nature. And if they shall turn themselves, conspiring together in great power to persecute them. Then these shall be troubled, bled, and keep silence through their power, and shall flee. And from the land of Ashur shall the enemy besiege them, and consume some of them, and in their host 
Okay, so we've got the host. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about the powers and principalities of the air. So he's giving us a look into the heavenly realm that is really directing these things where it's it's like puppets on a string. Okay, with the leaders that that are ruling nations. Okay, and from the land of Ashur shall the enemy besiege them and consume some of them, and in their host shall be fear and dread and strife among their kings. He's, they're saying there's going to be so much stuff happening that they're going to be fighting amongst themselves, and they're not going to understand. It's just like you know how we've seen throughout throughout time where Yah. Uh, sends confusion into the camp of the enemy, okay, and allows that to go in. You know, it's a very interesting phenomenon when you look at the curse when Hasatan was thrown down from heaven, and this is found in Ezekiel 28, when Hasatan is thrown down, that the curse upon him is that he shall be divided within himself. This is why, this is the curse that y'all cursed him with. Okay, he's divided. It means he believes his own lies. He's not able to discern what is true from fiction. He actually believes that he's fighting a war that he can win. <laughs> right? This is the curse that happened to him. He he does not have clear vision. He was thrown down from the heavenly realms. He was cursed to be divided within himself, and a house divided against itself cannot stand. This is, Yahushua was almost like taunting him with that. You know, like, you know, here, this is who you are. You have been divided. You cannot stand, right? You will fail. This is what Yahushua was saying with that whole statement. All right. I'm in 4 Ezra 15, verse 34. Behold, clouds from the east and from the north and unto the south, and they are very horrible to look upon, full of wrath and storm. They shall smite one upon another, and they shall smite down a great multitude of stars. Okay, this is also like a prophetic picture of the heavenly host and the armies, right? So they shall smite one upon another, and they shall smite down a great multitude of stars upon the earth, even their own star and blood shall be from the sword unto the belly. I mean, he's talking about there is warfare going on in the heavenlies. They're even fighting one another. They're fighting at one another here on the earth. There's just chaos. Chaos is just reigning and bloodshed is taking place because of it. Verse 36, and dung of men unto the camel's hoe. Okay, so I would imagine that's like the bridle of the camel. So that's that's a that's a a lot of poop there, <laughs> right? <laughs> All right, and there shall be great fearfulness and trembling upon the earth, and they that see the wrath shall be afraid, and trembling shall come upon them. It will be a very fearful sight. Those who live to see all of this, it will be fearful. And then shall there come great storms from the south and from the north and another part from the west and strong winds shall arise from the east and shall open it and the cloud which he raised up in wrath and the star stirred to cause fear toward the east and west winds shall be destroyed. I mean, he's describing this time of cataclysmic 
weather events coming upon, you know, and, and we've seen this in other parts of scripture. Not only will men's hearts have led them into this wickedness and perpetrating wickedness, but the earth itself will be experiencing absolutely cataclysmic weather events, winds that we have never seen before. I've heard Mike from around the world talk about this. Um, and, and he just flooding, you know, upon the earth that, 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 I mean, we see it in other places of scripture that, you know, a man will escape one thing and go to lean upon a wall. And then, you know, there's serpents on the wall to come bite his hand. I mean, at that type of trouble to where there's just no getting away from it. Okay. The great and mighty cloud shall be puffed up full of wrath and the star that they make uh, that they may make all the earth afraid and them that dwell therein and they shall pour out over every high and imminent place a horrible star you know because this is what they worship is these stars you can see it the star of Remphan when you dig into some of the history of that you see that you know how they they worship these things they worship these things in the heavens okay fire and hail and flying swords and many waters all that all fields may be full and all rivers and with the abundance of great waters and they shall break down the cities and walls mountains and hills trees of the wood and grass of the meadows and their grain and they shall go steadfastly unto babel and make her afraid you know Something's coming to Babel to make her afraid. The leader of all the, the, the world power, right? That something's coming to make her greatly afraid. Okay. They shall come to her and besiege her. The star and all wrath shall they pour out upon her. Then shall the dust and smoke go up into the heavens and all they that be about her shall bewail her. You know, we see this in Matthew 24, that the merchants stand afar off and wail, you know, about the loss of Babel. Okay. That's it. This is it, Sherry. This is exactly what I was talking about. The eight-pointed star of Rimfans also put upon the Christmas tree. That's exactly it. You know, I wish that people could really get the symbology of this thing. Lee was talking about it on one of their shows not long ago about how it's, you know, their very first show that they did last week talking about how they ended up coming out of that system and how the, the Christmas tree being all lit up, right? Um, how it was all lit, lit up and that you could see, you know, you're staring into it. And um, yeah, so that's what, that was some symbolism. Sorry, I was looking at a, I was getting a notification that I probably just don't need to be getting right now. <laughs> While I'm doing this, I'll have to set that straight on my computer. All right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I've always thought about it. It's something you have to bow down to get your gifts out from underneath, right? Okay. And you, Asia, that are partaker of the hope of Babel and are the glory of her person. And so it's dealing with the uh, Asian nations here, right? Par that she's been a partaker of the hope of Babel. You know, what did we see throughout 
the 80s, 90s, except an exporting of everything that this nation of the of that I believe is modern day Babel and exporting of all those things unto the nation of China and put all the goods in that in in that nation. And what was their hope that, you know, when you see their culture, it built into the same thing. They wanted to have the same kind of Hollywood worshiping type culture, this life of ease that just pro provides services, but doesn't have to, you know, work so hard. Everybody was looking to get out of, of work and have this life, life of abundance and ease, right? So, and you, Asia, that are partakers of the hope of Babel and are the glory of her person, woe be unto you, you wretch, because you've made yourself like unto her and have decked your daughters in whoredom, that they might please and glory in your lovers, which have always desired to commit whoredom with you. You have followed her that is hated in all her works and inventions. Therefore, says Elohim, I will send plagues upon you, widowhood, poverty, famine, sword, and pestilence, to waste your horses, to, to waste your houses with destruction and death. And the glory of your power shall be dried up as a flower. The heat shall arise that is sent over you. You shall be weakened as a poor woman with stripes and as one chastened with wounds so that the mighty and lovers shall not be able to receive you. This is what is destined to happen to the nation of China. It's written in the word. And now look at this in verse 52. Would I with jealousy have so proceeded against you, says Yahweh, if you had not always slain my chosen, exalting the stroke of your hands and saying over their dead, when you are drunken, set forth the beauty of your countenance, the reward of your whoredom shall be in your bosom. Therefore shall you receive recompense. What's he saying? Let's like dissect this for a minute. He's saying China set itself up, but every preacher, they, they persecuted the, the bringers of the gospel. Those who tried to proclaim Yahusha in that nation, they have persecuted relentlessly. It's the persecution that has gone on in that nation has just been horrendous. When you look at um, Voice of the Martyrs, is a, is, has been a very interesting organization that I really used to follow quite closely when I homeschooled my daughter because we she had a love for the nations and we would look at that. So, you know, I can see why this would happen. He, he's going to weaken them. He's going to chastise, chastise them with wounds so that the mighty and lovers shall not be able to receive you. You know, he's saying you're not going to end up just stepping into the shoes of Babel. That's not what's going to happen, right? Um, if you had not always slain my chosen, exalting the stroke of your hands and saying over their dead when you were drunken, they were drunken with the hope of power and glory and fame and abundance and wealth. That's what they were. It's the same cup of the whore of Babylon. They've been drinking from the same cup, right? Therefore shall you receive recompense. Like as you have done unto my chosen, says Yahweh, even so shall Elohim do unto you and shall deliver you into mischief. Okay. What he's, you know, he's saying, I do this because I am jealous over my people. 
when you destroy and, and persecute and martyr my people, my jealousy is going to be stirred up over them and I will recompense you for what you have done. That's what Yah is saying to them. In 57, your children, your children shall die of hunger and you shall fall through the sword. Your city shall be broken down and all yours shall perish with the sword in the field. They that be in the mountains shall die of hunger and eat their own flesh and drink their own blood for very hunger of bread and thirst of water. You as unhappy shall come through the sea and receive plagues again. Wow. And in the passage, they shall rush on the idle city and shall destroy some portion of your land and consume part of your glory and shall return to Babel that was destroyed. And you shall be cast down by them as stubble and they shall be unto you as fire and shall consume you and your cities, your land and your mountains, all your woods and your fruitful trees shall they burn up with fire. Your children shall they carry away captive and look what you have. They shall spoil it and mar the beauty of your face. And this was his word unto China. Starting in uh, chapter 16. I know this is long, but I just really wanted to take this opportunity to do this today. Okay. Woe be unto you, Babel and Asia. See, he, he's putting them together. They, they're starting to look the same to him, right? Woe be unto you, Mitzrayim and Aram, okay? Egypt, Asia. I mean, he's seeing this all around. He, he's calling out nations that are all acting the same. Gird up yourselves with cloths of sack and hair. Bewail your children and be sorry, for your destruction is at hand. A sword is sent upon you, and who may turn it back? A fire is sent among you, and who may quench it? Plagues are sent unto you, and what is he that may drive them away? May any man drive away a hungry lion in the wood? Or may anyone quench the fire in stubble when it has begun to burn? This is the same thing that he was saying. It's not going to stop. Once it's started, it's on a course that will not be turned back. You know, this is what I... The problem I have when I, you know, we broadcast and we put our things in Brighteon. And if you look in Brighteon, almost every channel is, oh, if we just get Trump back into power, <laughs> everything will work out. You know, I, I guess he has announced his, he's going to run again, right? And this is everybody is, you know, putting their hope in this as we're going to make America great again. It's not going to happen. Okay, this has started. This is my strong opinion. Take it for what it's worth. You may disagree with me, but it is my strong opinion that this has begun and it will not stop and not Trump or anybody else is going to make America great again. It's not going to happen, in my opinion. Okay, I'm in uh, 4 Ezra 16 now at verse 7. May one turn again the arrow that is shot of a strong archer. This is Yah saying this, okay? El Yahweh sends the plagues, and who is he that can drive them away? A fire shall go forth from his wrath, and who is he that may quench it? He shall cast lightnings, and who shall not fear? He shall thunder, and who shall not be afraid? Yahweh shall threaten, and who shall not be utterly beaten to powder at his presence? 
The earth quakes and the foundations thereof. The sea arises up with waves from the deep. This is from the Tahom. That's what that word is. This is the places of the deep that have been reserved, where, where Yah has reserved them until a set time period. I did a huge study on what the deep and the Tahom is. It's the abyss. It's things opening up that have been sealed over until the set time has come. This is what he's talking about. And the waves of it are troubled and the fish thereof also because Yah, before Yahweh and before the glory of his power. For strong is his right. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm starting to look here. Thank you, Doug. Yeah. I appreciate you being here on the chat and, um, and James too. Yeah, it, it is. And, and that's exactly what I see too. It, it's too late for it. Oh. Okay. All right. It has, it's already started. For strong is his right hand that bends the bow, his arrows that he shoots are sharp and shall not miss when they begin to be shot into the ends of the world. Behold, the plagues are sent and shall not return again until they come upon the earth. The fire is kindled and shall not be put out till it consume the foundation of the earth. Like as an arrow which is shot of a mighty archer returns not backward, even so the plagues that shall be sent upon earth shall not return again. Woe is me, woe is me, who will deliver me in those days? The beginning of sorrows and great mournings, the beginning of famine and great death, the beginning of wars and the power shall stand in fear, the beginning of evils. What shall I do when these evils come? Behold, famine and plague, tribulation and anguish are sent as scourges for amendment. He's saying this is like, it's a punishment, you know, it, he's scourging so that some might turn and make amends. That's what this means. He's hoping that whoever will, will recognize this will come into right relationship with him before these things overtake you. You know, so if, if, if you're listening to this now or in the future, it is so simple to come into relationship with Yah. He is there. Look at Isaiah 1, Isaiah 1, come, let us reason together. I believe it's verse 26. For though your sins be as scarlet, I shall make them white as snow. He's saying, just come reason with me. Just lay it out before me. I already know it all anyway. All you need to do is recognize your sinful ways. Admit it before me. Ask for the forgiveness and the blood of my son that cleanses from all unrighteousness and then be welcome into the kingdom and proclaim who I am before other men with your life and with the work of your hands and be committed to my kingdom. It's very simple to come into relationship with him. And then you just you walk it out day by day, right? But for all these things... They shall not turn from their wickedness, nor be always mindful of the scourges. It's just like what we saw with Pharaoh and the plagues as they came. He he would beg to Moses and you know Aaron to go and and have Yah stop, make it stop, make it stop, make it stop. 
And as soon as Jah did and allowed a relenting of that plague, the hardness of his heart set right back up and he went into more wickedness. This is the time frame that we're living in. It's exactly the same with those people that are in leadership right now. Their hearts are just becoming harder and harder, right? And if they're not hard enough, they're booted out and one with a harder heart set in place. And that's the time period we're in. They forget about it. They think, oh, well, that's done. And then they just go on to more wickedness. Verse 21. Behold, victuals shall be so good, cheap upon earth, that they shall think themselves to be in good case. And even then shall evils grow upon the earth, sword, famine, and great confusion. You know, we've lived through this huge time of abundance to where there was no worry about where your, you know, next meal was going to come from. Even, even the poor with the food banks and the, and the things, you know, there's been an abundance in general. I know that there's been individual cases of starvation and hunger, but in general, in this country, in the United States, we've lived in Babel. We've lived in the lap of luxury, you know. For many of them that dwell upon earth shall perish of famine, and the other that escape the hunger shall the sword destroy. So he's talking about famine and war and trouble and civil unrest, right? And the dead shall be cast out as dung, and there shall be no man to comfort them, for the earth shall be wasted, and the city shall be cast down. There shall be no man left to till the earth and to sow it. The trees shall give fruit and who shall gather them? The grapes shall ripen and who shall tread them? For all places shall be desolate of men. You know, that one really hit me when I was reading it. I was like, wow. You know, that that it, it says in verse 27, so that one man shall desire to see another and to just hear his voice, right? That That there will be so few people on the earth that this is how it will be. That one really hit me. I have to even let that one kind of ruminate and think about that. For of a city, there shall be 10 left and two of the field, which shall hide themselves in the thick groves and in the clefts of the rocks, as in an orchard of olives upon every tree, there are left three or four olives, or as when a vineyard is gathered, there are left some clusters of them that diligently seek through the vineyard. Like you have to really search to find people, humans. Interesting. <laughs> Even so, in those days, there shall be three or four left by them that search their houses with the sword. I mean, literally saying that there will be men with swords searching house by house. And the earth shall be laid waste and the fields thereof shall wax old and her ways and all her paths shall grow full of thorns because no man shall travel there through. The virgins shall mourn having no bridegrooms. The women shall mourn having no men. Their daughters shall mourn having no helpers. In the war shall their bridegrooms be destroyed and their men shall perish of famine. Hear now these things and understand them, ye servants of Yahweh. Behold the word of Yahweh, receive it. Believe not the Elohim of whom Yahweh spoke. And that's a little E. Believe not the gods, right? That set themselves up with it as gods that, that Yahweh has cursed because of their sin. Believe not them, right? 
Behold, the plagues draw nigh and are not slack, as when a woman with child in the ninth month brings forth her son with two or three hours of her birth. Great pains compass her womb, womb, which pains when the child comes forth, they slack not a moment. Even so shall not the plagues be slack to come upon the earth, and the world shall mourn, and sorrow shall come upon it on every side. O oh, my people, hear my word, make you ready to your battle, and in those evils be even as pilgrims upon the earth. What did the pilgrims do? It's like the pioneers, right? They forged ahead in a new path. This is what he's saying to his people. No matter that the plagues and all this trouble is coming upon, I have a job for you to do. You are going to be like a pioneer upon the earth, forging ahead in a new path for people to walk down. And that path is the narrow way that leads to my kingdom, to the door, Yahusha, that opens up into my kingdom. For no man enters the kingdom except through the door of Yahusha. There is no other way in. In verse 41, he that sells, let him be as he that flees away, and he that buys as one that will lose. He that occupies merchandise as he that has no profit by it, and he that builds as he that shall not dwell therein. He's like, don't be attached to whatever it is you're doing on this earth right now, right? This is the word to his people. Don't get all attached to it. Here it is in verse 43, he that sows as if he should not reap. I mean, you may be planting because we're all paying attention to the fact that famine is coming and we may be working hard and planting a garden and you may not be the one that eats from that garden. Don't worry about it. Y'all has you under his, his wing. Okay. He's got a plan for your life. Verse 43, he that sows as if he should not reap, so also he that plants the vineyard as he that shall not gather the grapes. They that marry as they that shall get no children, and they that marry not as the widowers. And therefore, they that labor, labor in vain, for strangers shall reap their fruits and spoil their goods, overthrow their houses and take their children captives. For in captivity and famine shall they get children. Saying, don't stop living through the midst of it all. Don't stop living. These children have a good destiny still, right? Don't stop living. And they that occupy their merchandise with robbery, the more they deck their cities, their houses, and their possessions in their own persons, the more will I be angry with them for their sin, says Yahweh. All those that are, that are robbing, right? He sees it. He sees it. In verse 49, if you're just joining me, I am in uh, 4 Ezra chapter 16, verse 49. Like as a whore envies a right, honest, and virtuous woman. Isn't that exactly what it is? You know, in this walk, there's a lot of persecution just by saying, you know what, as for me and my household, we've decided that we're going to honor the Sabbath. So we won't be uh, joining you on um, a, a vacation that causes people to work during that day or going to a restaurant with you that day because we're not going to cause other people to violate the Shabbat, right? And if you take that, that stance, people get offended with you. 
well, what do you think that you're better than I am? That your worship is better than mine? And that's exactly how they act. They are offended. And here's, here's exactly what it is. Like as a whore envies a right, honest, and virtuous woman. This is a picture of what it's like between being an apostate and being someone who is committed to to honor Yah as he said to honor him, to keep the Ten Commandments, to actually believe that he meant what he said and that he changes not and not believe that some man that set himself up as a pope had the authority to change the day of the Sabbath. He didn't. Right. And so when when you take the stance of taking Yah at his word and trying to live a virtuous lifestyle, like the, the Proverbs 31, everybody's always equated that to one woman. This is a a picture of who Yasharel is to be. OK, when he's speaking about this woman, this is who Yasharel is to be. We're to be a virtuous woman and people that are participating in a system of whoredom that all of Babylon follows. And if you don't think that the whole thing with the Christmas tree, all of Babylon isn't fallen with it, they set it up. They set it up to try to suck out every last dollar that you've got to honor their system, right? It's ridiculous and it has nothing to do with Yah and has nothing to do with the worship of his, of Yahusha. Nothing. It is a, it's a whoredom system. It, that's exactly what it is. Verse 50. So shall righteousness hate iniquity when she decks herself and shall accuse her to her face. I guess that's what I just did. <laughs> right. When he comes that shall defend him that diligently searches out every sin upon the earth. And therefore be you not like thereunto, nor to the works thereof. For yet a little and iniquity shall be taken away out of the earth and righteousness shall reign among you. This is what we're waiting for, right? His righteousness to reign among us again. Let not the sinner say that he's not sinned, for Elohim shall burn coals of fire upon his head, which says before Yahweh Elohim and his glory, I have not sinned. I don't know if any of you remember this, but I remember this. When Trump was running for the first time for his presidency before the 2016 election, I saw an interview where the evangelical community that all worships, worships at the time of Saturnalia were questioning him concerning his walk with, with the God of their understanding, right? And, and did he, you know, was he really a believer in Jesus is what they were asking him, right? And they were doing this interview and he, and, and they asked him, I saw the interview. I wish I had a clip of it, but they, they asked him, well, have you ever repented of your sin? And I remember his answer. He said, I've never sinned. Why would I have any need to repent of a sin? I've never sinned, right? Here's what y'all has to say to that ex-president Trump who's running again. Let not the sinner say that he is not sinned for Elohim shall burn coals of fire upon his head, which says before Yahweh Elohim and his glory, I have not sinned. There is no way that I could follow a man 
that that says that and and lift him up as if he's going to be an answer to fix this broken country right verse 54 behold yahweh knows all the works of men their imaginations their thoughts and their hearts which spoke but the word let the earth be made and it was made this is what yah did he spoke it all into existence. Let the earth be made and it was made. Let the heaven be made and it was created. In his word were the stars made and he knows the number of them. He searches the deep, the tahom, right? And the treasures thereof. He has measured the sea and what it contains. He has shut the sea in the midst of the waters. And with his word, he has hanged the earth upon the waters. He spreads out the heaven like a vault upon the waters. He has founded it in the desert. Has he made springs of water and pools upon the tops of the mountains that the floods might pour down from the high rocks to water the earth. He made man and put his heart in the midst of the body. Amazing. He made man and put his heart in the midst of the body. If you've not seen mine and Lee Carruthers presentation that we did on let's talk, uh, let's talk Torah, uh, believe it was, uh, maybe not, not last week. Well, it was last week, wasn't it Lee? It was, um, not last Sunday, but the Sunday before we did that, where we were talking about the chambers of the heart. Amazing. Look at this. He made man and put his heart in the midst of the body and gave him breath, a life, and understanding, you know, tomorrow Lee and I are going to come and we're going to talk about the tribe of Zebulun on my heart of the tribe show. And she's going to explain what the tribe of Zebulun and their uh, duties upon the earth has to do and how it corresponds with the lymphatic system that is in our physical body. It's going to be amazing. And I can hardly wait to get there. But for today, I better finish this because I've already been going on and on for a while. All righty. I, I am going to get this finished up. I'm in 4 Ezra 16, verse 62. Yea, and the Ruach El Shaddai, which made all things and searches out all hidden things in the secrets of the earth. Surely he knows your inventions and what you think in your hearts. He's talking to this wicked leadership. Even them that sin and would hide their sin. Therefore has Yahweh exactly searched out all your works and he will put you all to shame. And when your sins are brought forth, ye shall be ashamed before men and your own sins shall be your accusers in that day. What will you do or how will you hide your sins before Elohim and his angels? Behold, Elohim himself is the judge. Fear him. Leave off from your sins and forget your iniquities to meddle no more with them forever. So shall Elohim lead you forth and deliver you for, from all trouble. Again, he's pleading, repent and turn, walk in the other direction. For behold, the burning wrath of a great multitude is kindled over you and they shall take away certain of you and feed you being idle with things offered unto idols. What, like bugs? <laughs> and they that consent unto them shall be held in derision and in reproach and trodden underfoot. 
He's saying when even when you give in, if you go, if you give in to get to uh, or, or go along to get along, right? That that whole I'll just go along with the flow so that I can get along in society. They will trod you underfoot. There is no going along to get along with this. You you can't do it. You're either in one camp or the other. For there shall be in every place and in the next cities a great insurrection upon those that fear Yahweh. He's saying, no matter to, I mean, every place will be against his believers. There won't be a place left that is not against his believers. The only safe place is underneath the shadow of his wing, right? That's where we're to be. And he explains what that is for each individual life. They shall be like madmen, sparing none, but still spoiling and destroying those that fear Yahweh. He's saying there will be a lot of martyrs. For they shall waste and take away their goods and cast them out of their houses. Then they then shall they be known who are my chosen. And they shall be tried as gold in the fire. You know, how is gold purified? It's put in a smelting pot. There's a very high intense heat under the pot. And as the, the heat melts the gold, the impurities that are in that gold rise to the surface. And the one who is purifying the gold scrapes them off the top and discards the impurities, right? And he does it and does it. And how does he know when it's done, when all the impurities are gone, he can see his reflection in that pot of gold. That's how he knows it's done. And this is what Yah's doing with his chosen, with his people. He is allowing us to be tried as gold in the fire. And every time those impurities from the pressure of this, of living in this world come to the surface, he is removing them and purifying us. And he's going to do it until he sees his own reflection in us. Okay. Hear ye, hear, O ye, my beloved, says Yahweh, behold, the days of trouble are at hand. But I will deliver you from the same. Be ye not afraid, neither doubt, for Elohim is your guide and the guide of them who guard my commandments and precepts, says Yahweh Elohim. Let not your sins weigh you down and let not your iniquities lift up themselves. Woe be unto them that are bound with their sins and covered with their iniquities, like as a field is covered over with bushes and the path thereof covered with thorns that no man may travel through. It is left undressed and it is cast into the fire to be consumed therewith. We have a great promise there. If we will guard his commandments, he will continue to purify us. I love that. I love that, Doug. I have to show this. Thank you. We have one savior and one king and it ain't Trump. I couldn't agree more. All righty. 
So I, I really appreciate you guys being here with me today. I know this was a little long, um, but I, I hope that it was a blessing unto you. I hope that it strengthens you. Um, I, I keep up on my wall the words Hazak Amats, you know, be strong and courageous because that's what this hour is going to call for. Be strong and courageous. And all my all my strength and all my courage comes from my relationship with Yahusha. Thank you so much, Kat. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you guys. And um, I hope that um, you'll come back later today. James Carruthers and Chris uh, McIntyre will be on Out of Africa. So that'll happen at 1 p.m. EST. Uh, then... Um, Tonight, my husband has his debut show, Saved by Grace, at 7 p.m. We are very excited in this household. I can't wait to see, you know, what, what he's going to bring forth. And I'm so excited to see him starting to share his story and his walk. And um, because he's such a wonderful, uplifting presence in my life. And, um, you know, my husband wakes me up every day to pray for me before he takes off to go to work. You know, he wakes me up to pray and I rush out of bed to fix him some lunch <laughs> you know, to make sure we just try to take care of each other. But um, he's such a blessing in my life and he's my biggest support system for everything I do. And so I can't wait to see his show. So thank you so much, Kat. Love you guys. And um, we're looking forward to seeing you on the other programs that we have going on. May Yahweh uh, bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you of his shalom. Bye-bye.